All right. Uh, let's just quickly take our declaration of understanding. It's our school of prayer. We've been praying for a while. We're going to go ahead um, with praying, but that's after um, uh, some instruction in the word of righteousness. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's take our declaration of understanding before we start. One, two, let's go. Now I declare. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It's healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And as I can see, the Lord is good. All right. Anyway, we've been talking about life by the Spirit. All right. I've forgotten the exact title we gave it, but that's what we've been looking at. Again, I want us to remember that as believers, we have an advantage. What did I say? Say like you believe it. Say, I have. Now, do it again. Yes, I have an advantage as a believer. I have an advantage. I do. All right? You have an advantage. There was a time uh, Daniel was working with the other people in the cabinet, or at least in the civil service of Nebuchadnezzar. The segment he was working in had a problem. What was the problem? They classified him amongst the the wise men who could see into the things of the spirit. The Chaldeans, the conjurers, all those people. He was one of them. So the king dreamt a dream. Anyway, let's put it like he had a problem. So nobody could solve it. So it was the interpretation of my dream. He said, I dreamt a dream. I want to know what it means. And the people said, tell us the dream. The man said, wait, listen. If I tell you the dream, you will say anything you like. And how will I know you are right? So let's do it like this. If you know you have the power to tell me what the dream is, the interpretation of the dream, tell me what the dream is. That was a major test. Now, nothing concerned Daniel. I hope you're getting my point. He never made any false claims. See, just by the way, when you are making false claims, one day you will pay. I hope you're getting my point. That's what happened to them. They had been making claims, things that were not true. But what, where I'm going to is the fact that when the matter came to Daniel's hearing, and of course he and his guys were going to be affected because the king was so angry with them. This is my own perception. He looked at all the days he'd been eating and lying. So it's this when you are going to pay. And Daniel, unfortunately, was classified amongst them. I'm talking about the advantage you have as a believer. What he did do, he went to the man and said, can I have some time? And you know the story. I mean, and he took the matter to God in prayer. And the advantage he had, he, Mishael, Ananiah, and Azariah, the advantage they had manifested. I hope you're getting my point. You know, there was some message um, E.W. Kenyon had in one of his books those days. And it's titled, one of the segments of the book, all right? The title is Being God Inside Minded. Did you get that? God inside. Now, God dash inside. Join it together. Hyphen. All right? God joined with inside. God is inside me. So be, being minded of that fact. He wrote about it. 
that Christians need to be God inside minded. I'll begin my point. I ever bought a a laptop that has when um, personal computing that's PCs were the in thing in the world. The number one maker of processors was Intel. You know now things have changed a bit. I don't know who's number one. Now maybe they are still number one. Because smartphones and tablet devices are now the those are the fastest selling um, computing devices now, all right? Not uh, normal computers anymore. But when normal computers were the most important things that people bought, number one selling brand of processor was, was made by Intel. Now, if you buy a PC, a laptop, or a personal computer, they had a sticker on it. And those are sticker, Intel Inside. It was a master stroke in marketing. The, um, was it Andy Groove? The CEO of Intel at that time, because I don't want to tell you um, um, what they call it, uh, history of um, some of these companies. But Andy Grove did something. He and his guy, he said, okay, how do we move this com- company forward? They stopped making many of the other things, memories and all that they were making, because the South Koreans were, you know, were doing better than them in sales. He said, what is one thing we can do that other people really can't do? He said, in fact, two of them sat down and said, if they sack us today, what do you think the ne- whoever will replace us, the company was having problems. So what do you think whoever will replace us will do? They reasoned and said, he'll first do this and do this and do that. He said, good, let's do that. So they stopped making a lot of things they were making and focused on processors. They made the best processors, produced the best processors. How did they market it? Because they only sell to computer companies. But so they went out to generate demand, went to schools, told people, I remember reading articles about them in Time Magazine those days and Newsweek. The man went, it was time man of the year, and the groove. But this is where I'm going. You know, this genius marketing idea. Since they couldn't just market Pentium to an average person, they would encourage everybody to buy computers, and they put a sticker on every computer that contained their product, and they put it there, Intel Inside. Till now, you, you've seen it. Intel Inside. What, what were they trying to tell you? Performance is inside. We've told you we make the best processors. You've bought a machine that had one inside. The outcome is in mind as long as they are selling. That is, the people who are using the Intel, the HPs, the Dells, you understand, all those other people, all right? So he bought a computer, Intel inside. They were very proud of it because they knew what they could deliver. I compared them with some other companies. Let me not mention names, all right? And anytime I buy, for the same clock speed, all right, they will say, I test both of them. The performance was really different those days. You know, now things have changed because of uh, smartphones and all of that. So they even I used to insist on buying a computer that had what? Intel. Finish it for me now. There to have Intel inside. So, E.W. Kenyon, he said, put his, no, I didn't say that. I want to say what he said now. He said, put a sticker on yourself. What does the sticker say? What does the sticker say? God inside. Thank you. The man said, put the sticker. He didn't use the word sticker, but you, you get where I, where I, you understand where I got that from. He said, be God inside minded. So maybe you should put a sticker on your head in the morning. Look in the mirror. You see there, what is it? God inside. E.W. Kenya taught us, said, be God inside minded. What am I saying to you today? You have an advantage. You know, there's something about spiritual things. Awareness is key. What did I say? Awareness is key. 
People perish for lack of knowledge. What they don't know. They die for it. Even though they have something. They don't know they have it. And God is, sorry to use the expression, incapacitated in their case. Why? They don't know. At a point in time, Moses didn't understand also. Yeah, and God had an arrangement. So God said to him, in clear terms, you are going to be the God in this situation. Aaron is going to be your prophet. But it was too heavy for Moses to carry. Don't blame him. I hope you get my point. It's, I mean, just understand. But that's what God actually told him. All right, this is an arrangement. You'll be like, God, this guy is going to be your prophet. So basically, handle these things. But Moses couldn't handle it. Now, this is where I'm going. When they got to the Red Sea, he turned to God and started crying and shouting, Lord, help. What did God say to him? What is that in your hand? Do you get my point? That is, it is possible to have something and not know what it is and not know the power and not know how to take hold of it. Then the Bible says they walk on in darkness and perish like one of the common men. Why? Because of ignorance. Paul said, I'm doing my share in feeling that which is lacking in the sacrifice of Jesus. What did he mean by that? That is, if Jesus died for people and they are not aware, it's useless to them. And that's why missionaries get up every day to go into, you know, difficult places to inform people you have been delivered. You know, I said it before. If you're a preacher, please stop preaching nonsense. Or if you're one of those who do what I'm about to say, stop offering Christians deliverance. Do you get my point? Offer that to unbelievers. What do you offer Christians? Information concerning deliverance. You have been, that's what they tell a believer. Not, I want all of you to come, let us break the back of poverty. Tell them, poverty has no place in your life because Jesus Christ broke it by his sacrifice, which you have believed in. See, if the demon needs to jump out at that information, it will disappear. Information in spiritual things is not intellectual acquaintance with facts. Knowledge in spiritual things. What is knowledge? Power. It's power. It's power. It's power. It's addition of muscle. When you want to get stronger, you are going to box. Um, who are those guys boxing these days? Tyson Fury. All right? Or you want to go for Olympics to go and carry, to go for weightlifting. All right? What do you do to get ready? You go to the gym, you train. Do you get my point? You intend to increase your muscle mass because normally putting in weight categories, you reduce the fat amount as much as possible so you can take more muscle to replace. You jog away all your fat, pump iron, do everything. Make sure all your muscles are well tuned to lift weight. Do you get my point? When you want to increase power spiritually, you hibernate and collect knowledge. I hope you get my point. Yeah, you need to hibernate. You need to retreat. You need to go to a corner to improve two things. The quantity of knowledge you have and the conviction you have concerning what you know. Because it's not just to read a book. It's to, it's to be convinced. Knowledge is not, imp- it's not activated or it's not relevant spiritually until there's conviction that goes along with it. I hope you're getting my point. So when you want to increase your power spiritually, 
what you do is to increase knowledge. What you do is to increase conviction. And it's deliberate. You have to be deliberate about it. You will get up and say, I'm going out to go and, you know, let me go and know what the Lord is saying. Please, you are following what I'm saying? Is Lord, I want to know what you are. It's imp- that's how spiritual things work. You know, I, 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 um, I, in fact, what was I, I think it was, um, yeah, it was Israel earlier today. We and I were speaking. I was listening to a message when I was there. So the person preaching said something. So that brought conversation between us. And the man said that uh, he wishes many Christians will have, um, I don't agree with him, but that's what he said, that they should have entered the Eucharist more before they became Christians. Now, you know his reason, so that you, because, so that you would understand. If I told you a few stories right there, he said they would understand how spiritual things work. I said, remember I said this thing? That when I was young, eh, I want to give another one, one of the things to amplify, to explain it. When I was young, we used to watch um, dramas, both stage dramas and then later on films, uh, TV shows and all of that. Now, when it's set in Western Nigeria, okay, many of them, okay, I remember there were two major things we saw, two major genres they called them. Comedy, all right, on the Papi Lolo, Salah, and Co. And then almost every other thing was juju-based. You've seen Chinese movies. Almost all of them is based on what? Fight, fight. I mean, I've stumbled into, I love Chinese movies, all right? So maybe I'm in a hotel, I'm sitting, I just flip channel one day, I see Chinese, I sit down, I want to watch. And I, after 15 minutes, there's no fight. I put up the TV. I don't care the language you are speaking, just fight. Imagine if you put on a Chinese film, just think about it for a moment. And they are doing, I love you, love who? That is for who? Indians, God bless you. You see Chinese movie and they are dancing. That's for Indians. Chinese movie, nobody dances. People fight. Or you see Chinese movie and they are carrying guns. It's not a Chinese. That's an American film. In Chinese, what do you do? One man, something anointing. That kind of thing. Those days too, when we were young, it was a Yoruba movie. You didn't come there to come and see plot in an office. All you see is one man get angry. Walk into the bush great distance, stand on a mountain, and begin to speak to the skies and conjure things out of the spirit. You know you are watching a Yoruba movie. If you didn't do that, there's always a good, you know, like American will have actor and booze. Did you watch that? Oh, for those who don't understand, the main protagonist has big English literature. Anyway, the actor shall. Anyway, okay, for those of you who don't understand, James Bond for us is an actor. The rest of the people in the movie, they are characters. And James Bond is the actor. Then, uh, welcome to the inner sanctum. That is the booze. I hope you get my point. You know, it's like that. So, if you want to understand Nigerian English, I just give you a lecture in Nigerian. So, in Yoruba movies, those days also, hmm? we always had they used to have um, our own actor who's a good juju man, and there's a wicked one, Fadeye and Fadeye Oloro, who's a bad juju man. Fadeye used to be very bad. 
you are going on the road and you are laughing your own laughter. The man looks at you. Are you laughing at me? He says, sir, I'm not laughing at you. How could you have been laughing at me? Sir, I am not laughing at you. Stop. Continue laughing and not stop. He commands laughter into your life. I, I have one in mind. That girl laughed until she was in pain. She couldn't stop. She was begging him. She could not. She couldn't stop laughing. Her stomach was hurting. Muscles, she was laughing. The man had crossed her with laughter. He was a very useless man. So one woman. The woman was pregnant. And she didn't greet him. They told her that that pregnancy will kill her. And it happened. Unfortunately for him, her husband was a juju man too. So he went and reinforced. Then I had a final showdown. Now why did I say all of this? Those people actually understood spiritual things. So those dramas gave me an ink. Of course, later on I became a believer. I began to study the word of God. I looked back and said, no, that's how these things actually work. When they come to fight, that's what I'm telling the whole story. Their fight always was exchange of words. Chinese man will be doing um, snake style, monkey style, crocodile style, chicken style, the other those kind of things. No. When the Yoruba man wants to fight in his movie those days, it was words. They did nothing else but exchange words. One man stays on that side, the other one stays on this side, holds his uh, accessory for incantation in his hands, and starts uttering things. And now listen, what they used to utter were not arbitrary. They actually lent them. You know, the Chinese man will tell you he went to a school and his master taught him the, claw, the tiger claw. These guys used to go to school and they would tell them, okay, if you want to do this, what do you say? The guys can recite three pages. Yeah, they memorize everything. They will tell them what else to do, then, but you have to utter words. I hope you get my point. You have to utter words. I was touched by an angel. One particular episode, they said they were going for spiritual warfare. I was like, ah, what are they going, how are they going to fight? To my amazement, you know how they fought? Words. Some angels on this side, some on and they were arguing, so to speak. It was all argument. One will say this, one will say that. Now, the reason why it works like that, in case you want to know, everything they are doing is actually before the judgment throne. So one person is an accuser, one is a defense counsel. They are actually arguing their case. What gives each person power is different. But now, what I mean is, I don't want to get into that, all right? But there is a kind of person you are that your words are weightier than the other person's. There's a reason why Jesus Christ ever lives to make intercession. All right? I don't want to even get into that at all. What I just want to emphasize is the fact that it was only words they used to release spiritual power. So, if you, want to increase, if you wanted to increase your, the amount of power, or if you want to increase the amount of power you have spiritually, you have to get more knowledge. You have to pursue conviction. That is where it comes from. It doesn't come from anywhere else. What am I going to say? Spiritual things must be activated. Now, that's another thing I should remind us of. I don't know why, but it happens. The power you have, even in your words, they do go down, or it does go down. You have to stir up that thing again. I hope, I hope you get my point. Maybe it's conviction, I guess. I don't know, but there's a power in it that 
The same thing, okay, let me give an example. Sons of Skiva say, they say one thing. You know what happens? Nothing. Paul says the same things, word for word. And everything happens. Now what I'm saying is that even amongst those who it happens with, there are times they will say something. It doesn't happen as much as when they say it at other times. There is something inside it that's sometimes low or high. Please, I hope you are, you know, you are rolling with me, right? You are getting what I'm saying. <laughs> Very important. Now, why am I saying all of this? You know, the first thing we said is what? We have what? An advantage. Christians have an, you have an advantage. It's not a, this, and I said, in trying to emphasize that, I said that don't offer Christians prayer for deliverance, really. What you're supposed to offer them is what? Information of deliverance already accomplished. I see people go around all the time. They want to break a curse in the family. See, let me just quickly digress into that. If they, don't, if they didn't give your life to Christ, you can't do it. I hope you're getting my point. And peradventure, you see anybody who comes to your, to your cousin's house or your extended family house or somebody to come and do deliverance for them. And he did not assess their faith, ask them whether they are born again, teach them about Jesus Christ and invite those who are not born again to come and give their lives to Christ. Sometimes the deliverance is work. All right? Sometimes they do. Okay? Please hear me out. All right? Don't just run away with half what, I, what I've said. All right? That will be half. But anytime it works, the people are getting set up for a greater bondage. It never works except there's a negotiation behind to bind them further. I remember once my wife told me by a relative who had some issues and they wanted a God deliverance because they went for a particular prayer meeting. You know people like prayer meetings a lot? People like prayer meetings. Prayer meeting is good, but it has to have a solid foundation. And whoever is leading people in prayer, you have better be increasing them in understanding at the same time and teaching them how to pray. If you always have to go to that place for that person to pray for you, you've lost direction. I hope you're getting my point. I'm serious. If you always need to go back to particular people for, for there to be prayer or the person there has to pray for you, you've lost direction. And if you are the minister, no, you shouldn't be happy. You shouldn't be happy. You should know, understand that at a point in time, eh? people have to pray by themselves in their homes because they learned from you how to pray. I hope you're getting my point. Anyway, so this is went for, for a prayer, this thing like that. Again, let me continue on that line. Most people go to those places. They are never really totally delivered. You can't be. I don't want to get into what you appear like, like uh, criticisms. Let me not get into it, all right? But you have to be careful. When people are always just looking for who would they pray for, them, they will just gather around there. I easily get tired. So you're not getting anything, leave all of these things. If you go and listen to read people like uh, Dowie, uh, Gilek, those days, when they used to pray for people. <laughs> You come for prayer. They will look at you small. They say that you are not right for prayer. That you need, they hold meetings every day. You know what they do in the meetings? They teach the word. They preach and teach every day. They say, look, they prescribe for you. Maybe two weeks. Church. <laughs> do you know what I said? 
Say, look, you, you are, they just look at you. Say, you're not ready for prayer yet. Just hang around. There's meeting in the morning, meeting in the evening. Don't miss any. At the end of 14 days, they're going to pray for you. You know the funny thing about it? Many people don't even finish the 14 days. Just hearing the word, they're getting delivered. Some just sit there. They're in their Bible, in their rooms. Ah, they start making discoveries. Deliverance for Christians is primarily about unveiling facts. I'll be getting my point. Unveil information. You let them know. You say to the city of Zion, look, behold your God. Your God has risen with deliverance with him. You have no reason to be in bondage. You have been, your deliverance has been paid for by the sacrifice of Jesus. And the person say, wow, is that true? And instantly, even demons will just pack and leave. Demons thrive in darkness. When light comes, they pack. I hope you're getting my point. Sometimes they say, ah, oh boy, demon, you see, get out you, by yourself, separate what? Your light from the darkness. I'm, I won't tolerate this anymore. Sometimes, that's, how I, that's the job of a preacher, to fill people with truth until they get, until they get restless concerning bondage. So please bear this in mind. One, information, all right? Then, uh, then again, I said, it's words, right? And I went into that. Okay, that spiritual things must be what? Activated. They must be activated. They must be activated. You have to activate spiritual things. It's yours, but you have to take it. That's what I mean. Okay? Sometimes things lie dormant. Paul had to write to Timothy. You have a gift. Activate it. That was for ministry. But he needed to activate it. Like I said, I said here some time ago, one major way by which you activate gifts is just stay around the atmosphere of the flow of the Spirit. I hope you get my point. Let us assume God gave you a gift and you're supposed to write and sing songs and you have not done anything like that in four, five years, six years, sometimes ten years. All you need to do, all right? You may have forgotten yourself. You just come for a meeting like this. Before the end of the meeting, suddenly you feel like singing. Do you get my point? Come again and again. After many months of just being around, the intensity of the pre- you just in your house, you just start singing all by yourself. It's not even more stimulating when you now get people of like, you know, anointing. Maybe you now put their, you know, they are now ministry. You're not even hearing them again. You have seen yourself where that person is. The gift starts getting stirred up. Please, I hope you're following my point. Okay? So, we have an advantage as believers. First thing we said, deliverance is through what? Information, release of information, knowledge. Okay? So that's why that advantage is what I'm talking about. Christians must remember they have an advantage. What is the advantage? God is inside. The Spirit of God is with you. Jesus said it expressly. I will not leave you as orphans. You know what's the issue about orphans? No help. So he said, I will send you what? A helper. He will be with you always. There is no reason to be confused in life. If you are confused as a Christian, then you have ignored the help of the helper. I hope you get my point. Or you need to just say, ah, no, I can't be confused. Why? The Spirit of God is with me. The Holy Spirit is with me. Jesus Christ said, I will never be an orphan. I have help. I have help. Once you state it like that, based on what Jesus said, 
You can say, Holy Spirit, help me. But even if you don't say that, just this thing you have said, you will hear the voice of the Holy Spirit one way or the other. I hope you're getting my point. You know, the Lord ensured that his children are never without help. They, he made that provision. That even if you are walking alone on a lonely road, just know that you are not alone. I hope you're getting my point. Just know, I am not alone. He will never leave me, neither will he ever forsake me. Just put that scripture on your mind. Recite to yourself. So even if you find yourself alone at night on a lonely road, just know you are not alone. It's just that you can't see the person that's with you or the persons with you. <laughs> like one of our brothers said where I was coming from. He said he moves with special forces. <laughs> you know, special forces. Yeah, that they, they arrange his protection. And that is true. Aware, just be aware of these facts. I hope you get my point. It's very important as a Christian. God never, ever leaves his children without help. He never does it. It will never happen that the child of God does not, need, does not have help. When Jesus went to the cross, that was why he had to shout. Of course, you know he was laying, there was a process going on. He was dying at the, as the Lamb of God, the sacrifice of God to pay for all our sins. It was such an unusual moment. He had to shout. What did he shout? My father, my father. My God, my God. Why have you for that is it's unusual. But we know that it was just for that moment, that's the that's the manifestation of the fact that he was being offered as a sacrifice for our sins. Otherwise, he was never alone. Same thing with you, you are never alone. You never, ever, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. I read the story of a, a Samuel Doctorian. He was sitting on the plane. He looked, and the plane, the engine caught fire. So, of course, of course pilot announced emergency. Everybody calm down. They are going to do them. Anyway, as they were talking like that, you know what he did? He leaned back his seat, closed his eyes, and slept. Hey, wait, 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 wait. You're on a plane. He has two engines. The engine on the right just went out, and you saw it. Not you could see. He had the window. So where you could see the engine burning. And that was your reaction. He leaned his seat back, closed his eyes and slept. And the pilot did what he had to do, shut the engine down, do this, do that, moved around and landed the plane. And everybody came down. You know why he shot? <laughs> why, he, why he leaned back and slept? Because he looked out and saw an angel carrying the wings. So he closed his eyes. <laughs> do you get me? He literally, it really happened. He looked out, he saw, oh, you are there. You know that kind of thing. It's so, it's so, oh, see, forget that. It's not your engine that's carrying this plane. So he just leaned his seat back and closed his eyes. I said, look, why not alarm when I wake me up? What does that remind you of? Jesus Christ in the boat. So the child of God is never without help. Never. You just need to remind yourself of these things. Because like I said, information, knowledge, it activates spiritual things. It does. I'm just reminding us of what we are talking about. Our life is by spiritual help. Can I add that word to it today? We are, we are spiritually helped. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Say, I am spiritually helped. Spiritual. Let's put it the other way. I am helped by spiritual forces. I am by spiritual. Yeah, so let's not think that the help is when I go to the spirit, I find help. No. Physically, you will find help that comes from the spirit. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, that's what I mean. In whatever you do, in the work you do, when you get to work, tap into spiritual help. 
The other day I went to give a lecture. I've not given a class lecture in a very long time for certain reasons. As I was just driving down there, I said, ah, Father, I prayed a prayer. I prayed for the class, prayed for the students, prayed for myself. When I entered, I started playing. I didn't really, in my opinion, I didn't, I didn't do anything serious. I gave my lecture. I taught and taught and taught and taught. So it was a very, very, very long day. I had two lectures. So after taking the first two and a half hours thereabouts, I we'll take a break. We'll be back later. So they said, okay. So the class now approached me and said, please, another lecture I said I wanted to come. I said, ah, in my mind, good. Let him have, because me, I had things to do. Let him have a time. So we'll, we'll continue next week now. Okay, like, no, sir. Ah, why not? What is, why are you protesting? Somebody has to take the time now. No, no. He said, no, sir, that's not the idea. That's not what he's trying to say. What he's trying to say is that he just wants to know when I'll finish so I can tell the person to come after because they seriously want me to come back. I said, like, what is all of this? <laughs> This is, this is nice. First encounter, we're just meeting each other. First lecture I'm giving them. <laughs> so anyway, I said, okay, no problem. Tell him, I'll finish this one so I'll be back in an hour. So we arranged that at the end of the class, the whole class started clapping. They started clapping. They were clapping and clapping and clapping. Now, why am I talking about it? I remember the prayer I prayed before I entered the class. I didn't think, it didn't cross my mind that, okay, oh, I'm so, no, it wasn't about me. Before, as I was driving towards the lecture hall, I was praying. I prayed, I asked God for help. I, I, look, listen, learn to ask God for help. Many times, we don't get help because we don't ask. Christianity is not about going to church and living righteously alone. That's not all. I hope you're getting my point. Christianity is not just about I go to church, I, I, do, I do what is good. No. I actually have God on my side. I put a label <laughs> like... Um, Kenyon told us, and using Intel's method, God inside. We should have a sticker. Who can I put in charge of stickers now? Lunga, let me give you a walk. Eh? You'll be in charge of the sticker arm of the ministry. So, anytime I see something, you write it down. I'll make sure we design the sticker and we print it. I hope you got my point. So, we should do a sticker like God inside. God helped. Do you get my point? Next time you see, the Lord is my helper. It's not a joke. It's not just his name. It's my reality. Do you get what I'm saying? Write it down. You should do a set of stickers so that people will just, you know, and put it all over the house, not only on your car. Your front door. I'm helped of the Lord. God helped. God inside. Please, I hope you are following my point. That is what it means to be a believer. You want to plan a function, a wedding, a birthday, an event, or you are an event planner. Get ideas from above. Don't spend all your energy on flipping through Instagram to see how you will design the one somebody else has designed before. You don't know that eyes have not yet seen. You are getting what I'm trying to say. Settle down and pray. Settle down and pray. Say, Lord, I need a plan. I need a plan. I need your own plan. Remember then when I was president of my fellowship on campus, I said, remember one particular day. Young guys, were, we had to do a program. Remember one day I walked to the complex to go and pray. We had a program coming. That was my first experience like that. I was on the tracks. After praying, I sat down. Do I planned the whole, is it three-day program? I can't remember how many days it was. All by, I had an exco. I planned the whole thing all by myself in like five minutes. It was obvious I was taking dictation. 
I still remember. I, I don't know how long I prayed. Maybe like 15, 30 minutes. I can't remember. Then I, I just sat down. I used to go around with a notebook. All right? I just brought out my notebook. And in less than, I don't think it was up to five minutes. I planned the whole program. Even then, it was obvious to me I was taking dictation. I begin my point. Please, let me say this again. Don't think God only knows how to lead praise worship. I, I my Holy Spirit only comes. I just want, that's when the Holy Spirit is moving. They now help us to preach. There is nothing he doesn't know. He knows how to drive. On bad road. On slippery road. Seriously. You don't know that the, the Lord knows how to drive? You think, you think only rides the donkey to Jerusalem? You can drive a heavy truck. And I mean that literally. He knows physics. He knows, so please. And he plans. You know, let me say something about the Lord for you to understand. It's not that you make a plan. You now show him. Say, is it good? You now look and say, mm, it's not bad. You can make these adjustments. Just a suggestion, you know. Like, no. That's not the way he does. Before the matter comes up, he knows everything about it. And he has his own plan concerning it. So, what you need to do is to go and receive it. How you will get is a different matter. Sometimes you think you are the one thinking. There's a testimony I've shared before. That was my first, well, it's the only experience I had on something like that, okay? I just took over as a president, well, we call it general coordinator in my, on my own, in my own fellowship on campus. But what everybody would call president of the fellowship, I was, the, anyway, the big boss. You understand? Uh, is it good to call it big boss or a small boss? But I was the boss anyway, whether small or big, because we were young boys, all right? So, we normally, we used to plan our programs for a whole semester. A whole semester, we plan everything. Every week, we used to have meetings twice a week. We know when we have leadership training, we know when we have a seminar, then every week, twice a week, we fix who we speak, you know, we fix the, the, the topic for preaching. You know, we do for the whole te- semester. We used to do that. And the person who handed over to me the former president, we lived in the same room. And then I was quite young, all right? I won't tell you exactly how old I was, but I was young. Scambos Fellowship, I was the president. So naturally, you feel a bit, can these boys do it? Can this guy do it? You know, can this guy? So he tried to help. Now, I, had that, I knew that thing we used to do. So I had my mind. I still remember there was one uh, uh, ash-colored hardcover diary. That's what I was using. I used to carry it around. I will have an idea, I'll write it down. I have an idea, I'll write it down. I have an idea, I'll write it down. So he, he told me one day that he's going to give me a list of suggestions, all right, of things we should do next semester. I remember when he said it, I said, okay, no problem, no problem. I, I understood his issue. I worked with his ex-co anyway. I was a member of his ex-co. Then I'm now the new president. He was now moved to the final year class, and so but he was still around. So he was going to give me a list. Let me make a long story short. So I kept on writing my own stuff down. I don't want to jump any stages. But finally one day, because we normal, the people in ESCO, what we used to do is to arrive about a week before the rest of the students so we can have our meetings. But because many of us at this point now were medical and dental students, that was not a problem. We, already, we were in school anyway. We were not going anywhere. Just waiting for the other people to join us. So it was one of those days before school opened. So finally just gave me a, a list. He gave it to me. That this is a suggestion. He wrote a lot of things inside. Of course, I won't lie to you. God is my witness. There were only two things he had I didn't write down without discussing with him. 
And I'm talking about nothing less than 15, 16, possibly 20 issues listed. He wrote only two that I did not write down by myself. And we never talked. He just said, well, I'll give it. So as, as I'm praying, I'm just writing. So maybe he's also seen into the spirit. I don't know. We were seeing the same things. We didn't discuss. He didn't show me his paper. I did not show him my paper. I had my little diary I used to use. I was just writing my things down. And when he gave me his list, I looked at it. I actually felt bad for a certain reason. I wish he didn't give me that list. He would have had more faith in God when we would have seen what we would have prepared. I don't know whether you're getting my point. He would have said, what? The only two things he wrote that were not in my list, we did not take. By the time we finished planning, we didn't see where they fitted in. We dropped them. Everything I brought, my escort took everything. We planned everything down. The only two things that were not on my list that he put in, we didn't take them. So if he saw the final program, maybe he'll be feeling in himself that thank God I was here for these young people, younger guys, and they listened. I didn't listen to anything. Not one word did I listen to from him. Not out of pride, though. But by the time, because he, by the time he brought his, I already had mine. And I ran the talk side by side. Over 90% congress. And where we differed, my school dropped it. They have, we didn't even have space for it. The program was full. Taught me a lesson. I mean, I thought I was the one thinking, but I wasn't. The anointing was transferred. Psychology will try to explain it in many ways. But stop trying to fool yourself. The Holy Spirit was leading us. I've told you, I, read, I read this story from, I heard it from Kenneth Hagin, but it involved Gordon Lindsay and some other men of God. A topic to write a book concerning came into their minds. As when one guy is in Lagos, one is in Enugu. This is American, so it's not Nigeria. I just wanted to use it for those of us who are here so we can relate. One guy is in Lagos, one is in Enugu. They wrote books on the same topic. When they compared the notes, they didn't discuss with each other. So one said, I'm trying to, I'm trying to write a book on second coming, as an example. Second coming of Jesus. And he said, oh, I was thinking about it too. Actually, there's one I'm already halfway through. Okay, when we see now, let's compare. Maybe they now saw a month later. One guy brought his book, the other brought his book. You know the funny part? It was almost word for word. They quoted the same scriptures, said the same things. The words were, maybe one would say, look up, Jesus is coming. The other guy would say, raise your head, Jesus is coming. <laughs> like that. It's, they looked at the two, book, two books. And almost, not only would they say the same you know, thoughts, even the words they used to express the thoughts were almost the same. All of this to emphasize the fact that let's not think that now we get brain. In fact, if you are not going out deliberately receiving the plan of God, just know you are walking short of God's glory. You are cheating yourself. God will have done better for you. Just by the way, it's never real. Now I've been telling people, all this that you're falling in love, better fall out. Anyway, you'll soon fall through. In Jesus' name. Say amen for somebody. Amen. Anyway, it's good. Amen. Some people say, ah, you are putting my relationship at risk. What is your problem? I came to deliver you with the deliverance with which you have been delivered. The Lord is good. No matter who you are falling for, go and pray. And say to the Lord, in Jesus' name, nevertheless, not my will. But yours be done. Your time, Nico. Mm-hmm.
Not for anything. The way kingdom work ministry is structured now. Hmm? I never saw a ministry like it all my life. I've never seen one. I'm not saying we are the best ministry. I'm just saying I'm not copying anybody. When I was in school, the idea I had was I would go to a particular Nigerian city. Maybe I'll see good there one day. I don't know. But right now, it doesn't look like I'm going to do that. I did not even know. Now, in school, we learned state and capital. Anambra. No, there was no Okada. What is the This is the bomb at the same time. One yourself. When we were learning state and capital, there was no. But then they created a new good state. I was no longer learning state and capital. I was beyond that level. Hallelujah. When did they create a, 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 Look, I was amongst the first set of coppers that went to Taraba State. Where the, the first set of coppers that went into the newly created Taraba State. I was there. All right? Jonathan, that came like 75 years later. <laughs> and the way I'm going is that the only thing I knew about Enugu was that it was the capital of Anambra State. So that, for those who don't know, Many people, there are some people who don't even know that. I say, what? I can imagine Bengals went like, it happened one time. Yes. This was the capital of Anambra State. Anambra went as far as a boy state. And that's how it was, okay? Basically, what I'm saying is that that's the only thing I knew about Enugu, really. So when I was in university then, I think around that time, we now came to Enugu for a program for about three days in UNEC campus. So I used to have this idea that I'm going to go to another, somewhere up north, start a church. The name of the church will be Jesus Assembly. I drew, I drew a sketch of the building we built. I did. I did. I did. I did. I modified my name. So my, one of our sisters today, she calls me Reverend O.F. Banky. Because I wanted to, I wanted to sound like Reverend Bonky. That's why. That's all. Yeah, that's it. Just to sound like Reverend Bonky, you know. The godly ones in the land, they are my true heroes. So I wanted to sound like Rehan Bonky. I don't know why anybody wants to sound like Kardashian. I wanted to sound like Bonky. <laughs> so those are the plans I had. Seriously, I wrote it down. I, I drew the church, how it's going to be. The shape. The, the, the pedestal will be like this. He said, why? It wasn't inspired of this. I didn't go into heaven and see a plan anyway. What happened was that, what's the name of this? Our American brother died recently. Old man. Freddie Casey Price. Casey Price built the dome. So I took the dome and turned it upside down and redesigned it. Joblessness has its own advantages. <laughs> you start designing things. <laughs> I, because we watched the dome being built. We watched the whole, there was an interesting engineering they did in the dome. They were lifting it, they started building it from the top. Yeah, it's a funny way they built it. It was made of, I think, aluminum. It's an interesting build, a very innovative engineering. They built it from the top. They didn't climb, the top was on the ground. So they would build and lift. Build and lift. Had powerful cranes. Build and lift. So we were discussing it. Wow, wow. So I said, okay. When I start a church, I'm going to build something like that, but I'll turn it upside. I just ideas. So having crazy ideas. But God had his plan. That's where I'm going. So by the time it was time to start a ministry, I don't even know how I shaved that idea. First, Lang Nenugu was an interesting story. First, I first landed in Lagos. While I was in Lagos, I was planning to leave Lagos. I was tired of Lagos. So I was going back to that my city. Remember that my city? Which I didn't tell you. All right, somewhere up north. So one day I went to church. I bought a tape 
I didn't like it for certain reasons. Bishop Oedipo preached both messages. That first one, somebody in church wanted it. I was in a tape shop. So we swapped. So they gave me another. I said, I should just pick anyone on the rack. So I went there, picked one, titled them. Um, is it the Rima, the Living Word of God? Something like that. Yes, that's the title. I don't have it anymore. Okay? I had it for a very long time. So I went home that night. Before, that's very night. Before sleeping, I played the tape. I do that just to listen to something like fall asleep. But because of the thing he said in the first five minutes, I sat up so I wouldn't sleep. I kept myself awake to listen to that message for about 45 minutes. And by the time he finished preaching, only one thing stayed in my mind. This your plan is your plan. It's not the plan of God. You know, sometimes eh, just opening your heart to a thought will help you receive from God. If you go and read your scriptures, when Daniel was interpreting, interpreting from Nebuchadnezzar, he said, in your dreams, he said, your thoughts turned to what will be in the future. That while you were contemplating the future, God gave you this dream to tell you what will be in the future. Let me just give you an idea. Whatever it is you are doing in life, there are times you take aside and just think about the thing. I hope you hear my point. You want to start a business. Don't just be running up and down. Take a day aside. Pray. All right, that's what they call fasting. Remove all distractions, which we have to include food. For it's a frying egg and all of that to disturb you. So I, I have my own practical guide for fasting as Christians. Can I go there for two minutes? Don't go into stomach is paining me, I must not eat. That's not what fasting is. Fasting is simple, all right? Just wake up very early. Sleep early. Wake up very early while everybody is still asleep. That's when Jesus used to pray. It's the best time to meditate, all right? Go and stay somewhere quiet. Don't come with your phone. All right? Please, take a piece of paper, your Bible, and a book. Study something for like 15, 20, 30 minutes. Then pray about the things on your mind. And start thinking. Just think about 40 minutes. By the time you finish all of this, eh? you decide by 3 a.m., it's supposed to be like 6 already. You want to know the truth? If you're not too much in the hurry, you can go back, catch another one hour sleep. If you have to go to work, get up, then go and get ready for work. And eat. And you're going. Then tomorrow, do it again. If you do what I've said, a few hours every morning for a week, you have done more than people who are rebuking hunger. God is not afraid of food. I hope you get my point. Yeah, he's not allergic to people who have eaten. What he doesn't want is distraction. What is doesn't want is inability. Like I keep on telling people, you tell me you are fasting, you are watching Manchester United uh, play Borussia Dortmund. Like Pastor Corey was saying, when we do great, he was saying one day they said that when you pray, 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 God will speak to you. you say, ah, he used to hear all those things so that he now that day got angry. All his friends were saying that when they were praying, the Lord said this. When they were praying, ah, he looked like God. Why did he discriminate like this? You talk to this one. You talk to this one. He talked to this one, me, nothing. So he went to me, got angry, locked the door. He prayed, he said, pray for hours. Finally, he closed his eyes. So as he closed his eyes, he began to see things. You know what he was saying? Bruce Lee. <laughs> ah! He was saying, Bruce Lee, no fighting. Ah! He shook his eyes, said, God, what's going on? He said he prayed, he prayed, he prayed, and prayed again. Oh, finally, he closed his eyes. What did he see? Damendra chasing Amitabh. Ha! He said, yeah. He closed his eyes again. 
He prayed and prayed and prayed. He saw uh, Rashid Yekin is scoring goal. Now he give up. That's when he realized that you can't fill your mind with nonsense. You fill your mind with rubbish. You won't go to speak through it. How will he? <laughs> See, it's important you keep your mind loaded with spiritual things. Be careful. Even when you're not fasting, you know, try and load your mind with good things. Look, get many messages, including video. Let them be playing on the screen when you're not doing anything. It's the entry. When you want to imagine things, you, be, you just imagine that I've never seen in front. Is that not better? Just, just when you imagine that, you just say, you know, oh, hear the power. It's good. And I want to imagine, what you imagine now is um, furious, fast and furious eight. Cars flying through the sky. A lot of people, they call witches. So if you are eating in your dream, it's from watching too much food. Why won't you eat in your dream when everything you are gazing upon is recipe? <laughs> the Lord is good. Why did I go into all of that? To let you know, okay, that God has plans. And when we go to pray like that, what we are doing is trying to what? Assess. No, access, not assess. No, access, get into the plans that he has made. Because as a Christian, we have a serious advantage. And there's something about the Lord. If he makes a plan, I hope you get my point. He has already arranged power for it. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, he has already arranged power for it. If you key into his own plan, little prayer, plenty manifestation. There's a reason why Solomon said, don't be wise in your own eyes. All that plan I had for ministry, like I was telling you. I don't even know how it happened. I was telling you a story. That night, I listened to that tape. At the end of the day, I just, I don't know how I knew, but I knew clearly all these plans you have made up till now. I told people bye-bye. I was already telling them I'm going to be leaving very soon. After that night, I realized all the plans I had made were my plans. So next day, I changed everything roundabout. And God just opened doors for me because I needed to relocate from where I was staying and all of that. So I moved over to the, uh, the premises of the like the campus of the hospital and all of that, okay? God arranged things to make life easier for me. That didn't become so rosy, but at least it was easy for me. I mean, I live on the premises where I work now, so the issue of going home and coming back was removed. So I managed myself. Then along the line, I met my wife. We planned according to the plan of God to get married. It was the plan of God. It was the plan of God. You know how I know? Shall I give you the, the real reason why I know? Because I told God, please, if it's not your plan, can you just... Before that one, I laid all my marriage plans before God, even before I met my wife. There was time I was even traveling too much. You know what God did? You know, let me just warn you ahead of time. All those of you that want to marry Niger Delta babes, wave your hand so that I will know who I'm talking to. Ah, am I, am I detecting racism? Okay, you don't know the plan yet. The single boys, all right. Anyway, if you want to marry somebody, marry somebody from um, that side. They have a culture. It's like that everywhere. Very common in Africa, in, at least in Nigeria here. Except that there's way they practice their own. Hmm? You know, if you go to the village, there's a reason why you settle everybody. You know why? When you go for traditional wedding, at least in Iboland, you know why you have to settle everybody? Because that girl you are marrying does not belong to the parents alone. It belongs to everybody. So the, the women, we say, our own bride price is a, is a goat with 50 yards of material. You bring it, they sign off. 
So one part of her has been released. The men will say their own. I hope you're getting my point. The youth, I don't even know who gave those ones mouth to talk. <laughs> they will still come and collect their portion. You know, by the time they finish with you, eh, you know what they're just telling you? All of us own this girl. Do you get that's what they're telling you? It's like that also in um, my wife's place. Their own, but however, their own is not that day. You will go around one by one. See these women you are talking, that we're talking about now? Now you see them one by one. If I remember well, I visited almost 20 people. Yeah. No, I'm not exaggerating. No. In five different cities. Lagos, where I was staying, thank God. I think I saw only two people there. Then Benin, where she was, her parents were, went to a number of places. And the parents just write all the name of their important friends and relatives. Go and see all those people. Which person must agree? I went to Worry. Went to Sapley. No, we five with that. Yes, five places I went to. I went to Worry, went to Sapley, went to Benin, Lagos. That's four. Where did we go? Ugeli, yes. I know five places. Went to Ugeli too. Uh-huh. We didn't go to the US. That's the only one. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so each place you are going to, you go with wine. And cola and small money, not big money, they don't need big money, just but it must be a bottle of wine, some cola, and then so you and you will make speech. I'm telling you, I saw almost 20 people. I'm not kidding. They said these are the people that must consent. <laughs> so one day, that's why they travel up and down. So God had his plan. That's what we're talking about, God's plan. God said this waka waka. Is enough. So he sent one driver to go and jam my leg. I'm not kidding. Was a mechanic. He went, he, he, he repairing car. Young boy. Whether it's a guy gave him, I don't know. He decided to go and test the car. And me, I was going to my tailor to, who was making my suit to go and discuss some things with him. So the Lord said, This is a good point. Have you seen that thing before? You want to move, then you stop. The other guy too stops for you. So we're starting for each other. That's how we did until I was on a bike. <laughs> That's how we did, though, until that guy ran into us. Wow. Ran into my bike. And you know the funny thing? He didn't run into the bike. He just used the edge of his bumper. Targeted my calf. Yeah. Ah. When God wants to handle you, just forget that. He did aim well, well. Wow. Hit me there. Didn't touch the bike. It was just that my calf. He hit it nicely. Good impact, but didn't break the bone. Injured my muscle inside there very well. You know, the bike waved like this left, right. We almost fell down. The, the bike man struggled. Right at the bike. Ah, we didn't fall down. So the young boy came, parked the car. He came. Nari Yorubabo, you understand? He knelt and proceeded on the ground. Oh, God, sorry. Sorry, sir. Now, I was very young, so for him to be doing like that, he was even a smaller boy. So, sorry, sir. Sorry. I don't know what happened. And they look like, what? Now, next day, I couldn't walk again. Most of you, that's how it is. That day, was like, I was just a bit sore. When I woke up next morning, the place was tense. I could not walk. That was how God ended all my journeys. I praise God. <laughs> God has a plan. What does he say? So he said, this workout and that is not part of my plan. The one you have gone is enough. Stop. 
Otherwise, I was supposed to enter motor again, travel, go somewhere. Goes, eh? Say, my wife, no, I can't walk again. No. And say, I, I call her, say, I beg. No, no, no. God has removed capacity. Please, I want to emphasize, look, God has the, everything. Don't think anything is too trivial. I hope I get my point. Yes. Let me just leave it there. So we have an advantage as Christians. That's what we've been talking about. So we must do everything using that advantage. Did you hear what I said? We must do everything using that advantage. Remember we started with Daniel. They wanted to kill everybody. Daniel used his advantage. He went and prayed. And God just gave him the same dream that he gave to Nebuchadnezzar. And he went to Nebuchadnezzar and told the king's bodyguard, yeah, come, let's go. That one brought Daniel. Daniel narrated the dream to Nebuchadnezzar. Now, if he lied after that, it didn't matter again. Nebuchadnezzar will believe. You know that? And God wants to do your enemies in it. You just put them at your mercy. Once he told that dream, anything he said after that, Nebuchadnezzar was going to believe. We're not talking about the dream itself or the interpretation. But the fact that that was the advantage that Daniel had. And he took advantage of his advantage. I hope you're getting my point. Many of us know what we do. We start complaining like everybody else. We will complain tired. I don't know. Originally, I was never a Babylonian. Did I, tell, did, did I ever say, look, Shadrach, Meshach, did you tell them we used to, we, 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 we were conjurers? Are we soothsayers? This is injustice. This is injustice. Ah, God, you, you are the one that will judge you. This king, God will judge. See, they say God in heaven, whining and whining. Wake up in the morning again. Turn the TV. They still want to kill the people. Ha. No matter what, make on my way. My life is in your hands. They're complaining and complaining. You know, God will just be looking and say, why don't you just ask me to solve this problem? I know that's how you'll be looking. Say, Lord, help him now. Say, he has not helped us for help now. Say, let him ask for help. And that's what we do all the time. Do you know he was a deliverance for everybody? Did you catch that? What did I say? They didn't kill anybody. They didn't say, okay, Daniel interpreted the dream. Okay, who do you want to spare now? I said, okay, uh, uh, Meshach, come. Shadrach, come. Abednego, come. Yeah. I got to kill everybody else. No. <laughs> Once he interpreted the dreams, everybody, ah, everybody could now breathe properly. What am I going to say? When God puts you in the midst of a situation, tap wisdom to deliver everybody. Stop joining them to wind and complain and grind and. That was going on in this country. How can dollar? How can dollar be more than 1,000? Because when it was under 1,000, what did you do? I mean, you know, you know this election tribunal now? Eh? I, I like reading some of the judgments. Forget, you know those Supreme Court judges, they don't, read all, they don't care about your comment. They've said it to us before that they are not going to social media to make up their mind. They've told you before. So there's one particular party that said the election, there's something they said. So they went to Supreme Court. They ruled on their own immediately. You know what they asked them? <laughs> they said, okay, if we disqualify Bolatino, how does it affect you? <laughs> that you didn't even come fifth. You didn't come sixth. You didn't even come seventh. <laughs> no, those parties don't even know they exist. If I tell you their name now, you won't even be sure whether they're a Nigerian party. So the justice said that. He just want to give us more work to do. 
So the, the lawyer said, said, okay, can I withdraw the case? He said, withdraw the case, my friend, and go home. <laughs> the lawyer quickly withdrew the case, so they struck out the case. The point I'm making is that, did judges just look at it? What's all of this noise? In the same manner, God is looking at some people complaining that the dollar is now 1,000. He okay, how high is it your problem? The only thing you do is make phone call. Are they changing the rates? Say, no. no cars will now be more expensive. Did you buy? When it was cheaper, did you buy? There was a time the dollar was 300. Did you buy? When it was 250, did you buy? Did you buy? It's now 150. It's now 1,000 something. And you won't sleep because of that. God gave me wisdom long ago. You know they worry me. This guy, where you see so? You know, if, I have, I have, after I came to Enugu, shortly after I came to Enugu, people were telling me, come and buy land here. I said, I don't want to buy. Why? Because I didn't feel like building a house. I didn't, what is my So one day, somebody took me to a land somewhere. So a guy, buy, buy is good. Just buy. And it was 500,000. That was big money then anyway. All right? I didn't, didn't, the whole month, I didn't earn a hundred. So, so, <laughs> don't think it was, um, so I was, we, we, we could stretch and get there. So I went to the look at the land. Where are we here? Yeah, not too far away from that. Not too far away from um, New Market. So I said, okay, fine, let's buy. The guy said, the area has been zoned for bungalow. I said, sorry, I don't feel like owning a bungalow. My house has to be high. Just by saying, that's it. I walked out from, from, from the deal. It was, the land was ready, we went to inspect it. And I said, the area is zoned for what? I said, so I, if I buy, I must build the bungalow. He said, yes. I said, no, I'm not interested. And I walked away. I don't think I bought anything for the next 10 years. Now, you see where I'm going. So when I finally bought a plot of, well, of there was one we bought then, then another one, which we finally used. I paid 24 times. Did you hear what I said? Well, do you know the first thing? What were the first two words I told you? First two words. I paid. Did you catch that? I didn't say, I did not have. What did I say? I paid. When my time comes to need anything to be available, the resources needed to be what? Available. See, when people say, ah, quickly now, the price is good. I say, listen, if I don't need it now, aim by. The price will go up ten times. There's something I always used to say, do I look like I'm going down? As price is going up, I'm going up faster. You know why? Because my God is very up. All of us are chasing him. And I'm closer to God than price. Who's more important to God, price or me? So let look, I'm serious. When I say don't worry yourself, don't worry yourself. Don't worry yourself at all. The time you need something, he will provide it. He will. And they say, eh, dollar change. Do you know, those who read it, they, they try. I know they read though. <laughs> I don't worry. Maybe, maybe no part of my problem is that some, of, some people here are very small. They are small children. I was already big when dollar after devaluation was four naira. I was in university. So, I'm not talking about big as in secondary. I was in university after Babangida had moved things around. Dollar hit four naira. And people were complaining just like they are complaining now. And I went to my friend, said he was studying banking and finance in another university. And his prof said he's going to reach 10 naira. And I remember swearing for the guy. That your prof is very wicked. How can he be wicked? Now, ten naira demand, Toko. Now, now we're discussing one thousand something. 
Maybe that's part of my issue. I like, look, what are you going through that I have not passed through before? You know what I found out? We will survive. We will thrive. Now, why did I go into all of that? So when you get into the midst of situations like that, okay, why don't you just go and use what? Your advantage. Do you know everything that is a problem is a blessing to somebody? I hope you are aware. There is nothing that you think is a problem. Even COVID, eh? with what it was doing in the world. Have you ever heard of Moderna before that time? A drug company, then it became big because people say it's, cons- it's not conspiracy, and that's how life is. I've heard people argue whether this must be. A- I say it's not conspiracy. Hey, they made it in the lab. I says, I don't like arguing with people who don't know something. You know, you need a level of intellectual acquaintance of scientific facts for them to be able to con- converse with you. Because the arguments I want to have, I don't even know where to start. I have to give you six, six weeks lecture before we can now get to the same level where we can talk. And I want to be arguing with you. So it was made in the lab. I said, so? You make it look as if COVID is the first pandemic we are having. It's not. They've been waiting for it for a long time because it's, it happens like every hundred years. The last one was a hundred years before that. Spanish flu. You see, they were prepared for it. Yes, that's the job of WHO, to prepare for such eventualities. They have a preparation for a worldwide outbreak of Ebola already. They have it. That's their job. Me, I don't just get your total tantrums about all kinds of things. I said, well, leave me alone. People are really doing conspiracy there in your neighborhood. <laughs> you know, where I'm going is that in the midst of that, companies who could roll out some things Quick. They say, how can they license it? Because there was a problem. But let me not even go into that. The point I'm making is that, see, instantly some people became very wealthy. There are, there's a guy ahead of in this country. Okay, is he part of the conspiracy? He got a contract from federal government for, I think, a billion naira to sow PPEs. PPEs, personal protective um, equipment. So just to sew, you know, face mask and... Um, Clinical gown and all of that. The guy is in Abba, from what I was told. Is he part of the conspiracy? One billionaire. Give him money, please, just so. Because it became and was needed. So everything that's a disadvantage to the general population is an advantage to somebody. He asked him who took him to the airport this morning in Abuja. He was playing... Um, um, Robert Kiyosaki's, um, I don't know the book, but it was an audio book. So the guy was, I please, should he put it off? I was doing something. I said, no, you should, shouldn't. But I, I learned a lot from what that man was saying. The man was talking about different, the difference between a sophisticated investor and this kind of, he now said, you know, we're not talking about sophisticated investors. He said, if market is going up, they make money. He said, if it's going down, they make money. And he explained the reason why they do that. That they know how to take, you know, call options, put options, short, short call. He mentioned all kinds of technical terms. Remember what was the first thing I said today? We have an advantage. We are sophisticated people. We may not be investors in Robert Kiyosaki's words, but in life we are sophisticated people. We are. So instead of whining, get home and pray. I hope I get my point. Okay, so okay, Naras was devalued. It's been, like I told you, been devalued since I was a child. And they will not stop. Okay, I'm going to digress. You know why they can't stop? You know what? You know why? You know why it's not going to stop? You are feeling bad. Pastor, are you prophesying? No. 
A lifestyle has effect. Mindset has effect. If I become president tomorrow, I put, put it at 2,000 and peg it there. I know it's 3,000, but let's wait on 2,000 for a while. Do you know why? That's how the people are. It's a matter of demand and supply. You can't wake up every day uselessly demanding the dollar and you want somebody to be producing from somewhere. Like somebody said, I do your little part. There's a program I went for this afternoon. The guy gave a revelation. Whoa! Now, it's not a, a church program, but it's a Christian. When he finished speaking, he said, we're going to use the principle of Nehemiah. Those of you who know, he was talking to the general public, okay? He said, those of you who know Nehemiah, you understand what I'm saying. So he looked at me because he knew I understood. He said, each person, build your section of the wall. He was talking to doctors. He said, look, you, fix your section of the wall. He said, let the lawyers fix the section, their section of the wall. He mentioned a number of professions. He said, each person, fix your section of the wall of this country. At the end of the day, you'll be amazed at the kind of country you'll have built. As long as all we are doing is whining. People say that the, 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 the life is expensive. They will not send their children to Covenant University. They will not send their, covenant, their children to all the private universities in Nigeria. I'm, I'm just mentioning some. Say, okay, you want to go, go, go to some of these universities. They are good. See, any child that wants to learn, will learn. Now, who no not want to learn, no go learn. I don't even believe in good or bad universities. Yeah, look, look, look. Americans, I hope America is as bad as Nigerians. According to one of my friends, he said, look. The Amer- he said, corruption in America and Nigeria. He said, they are the same. He says, like dogs. He said, some dogs, when they want to pee, they pee on the road. Some will enter the bush. He said, both of them must pee. <laughs> That's what one of my friends said. Listen, America. In the same one, he was trying to say, look, this corruption, that Nigerian corruption is on the main road. <laughs> said, the American one is inside the bush. Americans are terrible. Do you know many universities that people run abroad to go to? They are useless. I hope you know that. They are strange, let me not mention, there are strange countries we go to university in. Just know, say, we, we decrease. Do you know what that means in English? <laughs> means we are mental, honestly. Many of those universities cannot rank with Nigerian universities. They don't even speak good English. Children and have been telling me dollar is costly. Why won't it be costly? We place too much demand on it. It doesn't even worry me. If you know the campus, right? Even if we're enough for the costly dollar. One day, one woman told my wife that, no, 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 I don't eat local rice. So my children don't like it. You don't eat local rice. Your children don't like it. Did you hear what I said? I don't eat local rice. My children don't like it. There are things you will say, eh? if I were God, I just make dollar four five, four five, four five, four five. Everybody, buy on four five. You buy on four five. If you not buy on four five, you no go chop again. So you go and buy one dollar, four thousand five. Don't punish everybody. Let me know. look. See, my attitude is different, but let me sit on the main message for the day. Whatever be the situation, you can turn it to your advantage. Do you know why? You have help. You have special help. You have special help. Some of these difficult situations, what God is saying to some people, say, there's something I always wanted you to do. Go and think. Now you'll be able to do it. You wanted to source this from our brochure. It's not working, Abby. Now think. I will give you wisdom on how to source it with local currency. And then you'll be a deliverer. Not only for yourself, 
but also for the other people that Nebuchadnezzar wants to fry. Daniel did not only deliver himself, remember that. Not just him and his brothers, though. Even the very people that, the people that hated him, he still delivered them. What am I saying? Look, and that's what we've been talking about. Let's not live life like we don't have an advantage, because we do. Because what? We do. We do. I keep on saying to students, don't say that this subject is difficult. Put your head down and say, Holy Spirit, teach me. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. Say, teach me this thing. Teach me. You will have so much understanding. You'll be in class always smiling. This is why you smile. Say <laughs> when the lecturer is talking. I find it funny. That thing he's saying is not true. If Jesus Christ enters your house and teaches you physics, eh? You will wake Albert Einstein up and laugh at him. So a guy used to respect you. Until I finish my lectures. Say with who? With the Lord. So you are looking at theory. I saw the particles. I saw them change from particles to wave and come back. I saw all those problems they have in understanding quantum issues. You, I, I saw them. I hope that this is a revelation. There's something that God will show you like, God will show you something like, bam, everybody will queue up to your do- at your door to come and hear an explanation. For instance, you don't understand the subject, that what happened. I've told my story many times. I won't finish telling the story because it's good. It's edifying. <laughs> I didn't like it, but I came to saying it. I came to say, stop saying it's volatile. I stopped saying it. But I stopped saying it close to the exam. <laughs> Thereby putting the Lord and I in crisis. I said, God, you know we got to pass this thing. We got to pass it. God, just look. I said, this boy. Anyway, you've learned, Sha. All right? Sha, you have learned. I said, Lord, I have learned. Good. I said, don't worry. I will help you pass. What did he do? He just printed the exam questions for me. Four out of five. Take. Did he show it to you like that? No. Exam was going to be on um, Wednesday. All right? Wednesday morning. Tuesday night, I read one of the questions. I did MCQ in the morning. Theory was in the afternoon. Between the break, the long break between theory, MCK and theory. I read three topics, which I still remember till today. I'll just be reading something. I just say, hey, do you still remember the metabolism of isoleucine? I said, no. Okay, read it now. I open it. As I finish, read, as I finish reading, my thoughts will now say, ah, but what about the novel synthesis of cholesterol? Yeah, that's true. I open it again. I read, 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 read. Okay. Okay, do you now remember the issue of uh, the metabolism, the biochemistry of muscular contractions? Yeah, it's true, I've forgotten. I opened it. 1988, I remember the questions here today. I've just given you three. The fourth one, synaptic transmission. 1988, I remember the questions still today. It was dramatic. I finished reading and I went into the example. They gave us eight questions. Pick any five. I just finished reading four. I said, look, the Child of God has an advantage. The child of God has an advantage. Use it. One man of God said, I'll have told you his name, but he annoys me a lot. So, but his testimony is valid, so let's just leave. The guy said something interesting. He said he was a young pastor, he was not working. So whatever, like, his, pastor, his church was very small. So he didn't have any other job he did, so he didn't have money to pay his rent. So he went and told the landlord ahead, your rent is due next week, but I don't have money. So the man said to him, okay, come and work in my Photoshop, a photo, photographic developing shop, and work off the rent. Ah. He said, well, since I was owing him money, I couldn't say I'm called. <laughs> so he went to the man's shop. Now, this is where I'm going. He said, 
There's a way they used to do the photography business. They had big sheets which they had to expose. But then maybe, maybe if you expose one, well, assume you can do like um, 10, let's just say 10 um, pictures at a go. So when you want, and he had 11 pictures to develop. Sometimes he exposed another one, he wastes a whole sheet. So he was wondering, why do we have to waste this thing? Now, why don't we find a way to manage it so that we'll use it different ways? Now, I don't know the technical details. That man said it's not doable. There has been in this business for more than 20 years. It can't be done. So the man came next day, and he had done it. He told the guy, how did you mind to do this? It must be an, a, a mistake. I can assure you, you won't do it again. So I showed the guy a pile he had done. Something the man said was not doable in. He had been doing the business for over 20 years. He said, how did you do it? He said, what happened? When they got there, he said he learned very fast. How? He said, I pray in the spirit. I pray in other tongues. I pray in the spirit. I pray in other tongues. I ask God to help me. So what that man would have trained everybody, you know, concerning maybe in a whole month, he learned it in a few days. Two, three days he had learned it. He became so good. He worked for that man for, I think, a month or two. I've forgotten how long he worked for the man. The man offered him 50% of the business if he will stay on. That the way he worked for the man. The man said, how do you manage these things? He said, the man now hired somebody else to replace him when he was leaving. So it's, he was not to train that other young man. The guy said, this is what you are doing. I don't know how you do it too. How did you learn it? He said, I prayed in tongues. He said, but, but I don't know how to pray. He said, that's not your problem. I'm going to show, it, show you how to do that one too. So what you will do is that. <laughs> yeah, you will give your life to Christ. I'm going to baptize you then now. <laughs> the guy said, sorry, that's, he said, that's where I learned. So that's the only way. If you want to catch up the way I did, you got to learn how to pray. One time the story is the fact that the guy learned because he prayed. You are learning a skill, and you want to wait like everybody. They say it takes five years. You don't want to sit down there for five years. At the end of two years, you'll be done, at least, to yourself. You don't have to run away. But in next, by, the, by the end of the third year, they will have made you a teacher of those who are just coming. At the end of the five years, you'll be better than the man who taught you. When they say how? Say, I was anointed. You know, we said here that you think that um, uh, David killed a bear and a lion because he asked you. No. We studied here. How, why was he able to do it? He was anointed. It was after someone anointed and started killing things. Nobody should go and deceive young boys. Oh. So if David can do it, I can do it. If you are not anointed, they will kill you. I'm telling you, just get to see. If David can do it, like one man said, the one joke I watched, he said, I used to be afraid of lions. He said, because of their ferociousness. Say, but ever since I read in the Bible that Samson, a man like me, killed the lion, I now come to fear lion again. No? Say, you know who I come to fear now? Say, now who, who kills Samson? <laughs> the wife said, Are you calling me Delilah? He said, I'm not calling him. Now, your imagination won't kill you. So. What am I saying? Oh boy, fear lion, oh. If you are not anointed like Samson. I hope you're getting my point. If you have not anointed fear lion, forget that man. Samson has something that used to come upon him. And that same spirit is available for the child of God in any endeavor that you are involved in. 
Do you know you can cook by the spirit? Ingredients will be enough. They'll finish the food. They say, ah, we forgot to bring the salt. And you too, you forgot. But they tasted it. Perfect. Do not be looking for what you use. You say you don't even know. You, you just cooked. Somebody will be blessed by what I'm about to say. Do you know you may be organizing party? They say you need only a quarter bag of rice. When people arrive, you start saying, yeah, I was supposed to cook double that. Don't panic. Pray. God will stretch the food. You know he multiplies food till today. Don't panic. You know, we panic reckless. You know, we're just, we're just panickers. Is that English good? Reckless panic is not good. No, don't panic recklessly. Before you panic, pray first. Then you can panic after. Just put things in order. Like, okay, we're supposed to panic. We're supposed to panic. We're supposed to panic. All right, all right. So we're going to panic in a moment, but let's pray first. Yeah, if you put that order, eh? by the time you finish praying, the spirit of faith will have entered into you. You will forget to panic until the situation is over. Don't react to every news as if uh, it's targeted to kill you. You wake up in the morning, say, dollar is now 1,500. So how is it your business? That's what I ask you. You know, what used to annoy me is people that it does, something doesn't concern. They are the ones that complain about it the most. Meddlesome interlopers. That's the lawyer. Is that not what I, is that not the correct thing? A meddlesome interloper. You are an ADC. You go to Supreme Court to tell them to disqualify somebody in <laughs> APC. Is it because both of you are AC something? Now, Supreme Court just said, my friend, will you go home? You think we don't have things to do here? <laughs> Honest, people can't complain. And when you complain like that, you deny the help that God has made available to you. Please, if you wake up in the morning and you're not feeling well, don't panic, pray. You come at midnight, your child is crying and body is hot. It's even convulsing. Don't panic. What do you do? Pray. Pray. You'll be amazed at the help that God has available for you. You're in the middle of nowhere. Your tire, you have a flat tire. Don't say, ah! And I told him, who, did, who, who is this guy last? Where is this spare? He's making a lot of noise. No need. What do you do? Pray. 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 You'll be amazed. Somebody will just stop his car. Hello? Wait, let me change it for you. Change it for you. I dash the tire and it goes away. What did I say? No, no. First thing, don't panic. What do you do? Say it again. Pray. Because God has help available for us. That's why we are doing this series. To tap into the help of God with prayer. This is life by the Spirit. What did I say? We are living this life by the help of God. What I want to talk about today is health by the Spirit. It's very important. I think we have to take our health by the Spirit. If I, when, I was, when I started talking, before I went to all of this, when I started talking about activating, that's what I was trying to address. Because, you see, life tries to activate all kinds of things for us. Later, I'll read that scripture. Paul made it clear. If you receive circumcision, eh, you have to obey the full law to be justified. So I want to teach believers. Eh? It's very important. I want to teach believers to activate grace for health. Because the world every day 
teaches us circumcision for health. Then the time of trouble, we want grace to heal us. What do I mean by that? Let me explain. You know, most of us believe that there are, the major problems we have in this life is our genes and our lack of exercise. This lack of exercise has been tied to everything. So we really, now, exercise is not bad though. Please, I hope you get my point. I'm not here to campaign against exercise. I'm just trying to tell you what the Bible says. That the profit is what? Little. And of course, people have died because of exercise. One man says something. He said, if exercise lengthens your life, the athletes will be living very long. He said, okay, name one athlete that you know. He was counting. <laughs> that they don't live longer than the rest of us. Footballer, 40 something, dead. Long distance runner. It's something. It's dead. This one. I said. He said. If that was the key. <laughs> now, so what we end up doing, all right, with all of those things, is that we end up um, taking circumcision. That's the word. That's the word. And that requires such a long list of things to do for health, so we are never justified. I'll explain it again next time because I'm just watching my time. Please understand the point I'm going to make, all right? And that's the fact that see. There are two sides the spirit comes from. Let's just read a particular scripture. I, I won't develop it further, all right? But um, let's just start with it. Um, John chapter 7. Let's read from verse um, 37. He said, Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being, out of his belly, King James says, we flow rivers of living water. Now, let me just add verse 39 to it. I will try to explain something briefly. It said, this is spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, that verse 39, don't be confused by it, all right? He was not saying that the water was not yet available. He was saying that that same Spirit... All right? Believers were going to receive. But when Jesus spoke, let's analyze what Jesus said. What did he say? It's clear. Look at your Bible. What did he say? If anyone is thirsty, let him come to whom? To me. And do what? And drink. So, from whose belly is this water coming out? Thank you very much. It's straightforward. It's from Jesus. He said, from his, he said, as scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. That he is there, okay, is Jesus. Not the person who is drinking. I hope you are getting my point. Yeah, he was fulfilling a particular scripture, which is Ezekiel chapter 47. That from the temple, remember, remember that thing he said? What sign would you give? What did he say? I will break down what? This temple and raise it in three days. This he spoke of what? His body. He was talking about his own death and resurrection. So it's his body. I hope you're getting my point. So when Jesus spoke here, he was quoting actually from the book of Ezekiel chapter 47. We're not reading now. We'll talk about it next time. From which we saw water flowing out of the temple. And everywhere that water went, it was healing. I hope you're getting my point. Jesus was referring to himself here. But John now added that what he was talking about is that same spirit that those who believe will also receive. Now, we're not going to talk about that now. Because out of your belly also, that's what he was saying. 
Now that the Spirit has been... Did Jesus have the Spirit? No, there's no catch to it. Did he have the Spirit? So does he... Is it correct, therefore, to say the Spirit had not been given here? Uh I'm happy you are confused. You are afraid. Eh? Did Jesus have the Spirit? The Bible said he had it without measure. So he said, the Spirit had not been given here. What does that tell you? It is the other people that have not yet received it. The, The church, the body of Christ, the disciples were going to receive it later. And after they received it, out of their own bellies too, we start flowing what? Rivers of living waters. But I don't want to talk about that one now. What I am talking about is the one about Christ Jesus. When he said, come to me and drink, it was literally at that time. He had the spirit, and out of his own belly at that time was flowing in fulfillment of that prophetic word that Ezekiel gave, rivers of living water. I hope you're getting my point. That was the reason why he went around doing good. And doing what? Healing all. Now, please, 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 please. How many? Did he ask them the kind of sickness they had? That this one is not curable. You were born with this one, you will live with it forever. If the doctors can't do anything, I can't do anything. Who was he healing? Every single one. Every single all, the Bible can say all manners of diseases. All kinds. I have a, you know, there's something strong in me. I want Christians to live healthy by the Spirit. Please, if I see you tout diet, I will, I will rebuke you. Diet will not keep you healthy. Now, I'm not saying this. Some I, I talk to people, we joke about it, but today I'm talking by the Spirit. As a Christian, be careful where, what you put your hope in, you know. God taught me that one long ago through personal experience. Anything, dietary thing that I put hope in, it, it causes problems in my life. He said, one brother taught me how to eat garden egg long ago. I started eating garden egg. I developed. Thank God for, that I'm not the type that jumps to doctor at every little opportunity. I did pray for a long time. Otherwise, I'm just trying to imagine the diagnosis they will have given me. I will have continued to eat my garden egg. And I've been taking medicine to cure the disease. And God will have said, you see, all that you'll have hacking done to me. But me, I prayed, I was thinking, meditating after a long time. Holy Spirit say, you, say, you think health is in garden egg, keep eating. That was when I stopped. I eat garden egg now, I'm not saying I don't. But that aggressive eating that's passed away. I eat it now in moderation. Like, the way you eat it is I also eat it. Now, if I see I eat it, I don't have any problems. But those days I used to eat it as if. <laughs> You know, it's healthy. You know this, this health, healthy feeding fad that's going around the world. Now, can I beg you? Don't follow. Most of you can't even follow anyway. Yeah, because it's quite expensive. I mean, like, <laughs> hey, yeah, 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 yeah. You get some kind of dietary thing where they go give person. You, you know, you first have to eat. There's a joke. Okay, let me crack a joke for you that will make you laugh. Okay, most of you won't know who I'm talking about. I have a classmate here. She's 53 years old. She runs marathon. So somebody now, just for the fun of it, full marathon. She does half marathon, full marathon. 50-something years of age, 53. So somebody now wrote and wrote her profile. That look at it, the mother of this number of children. She's 53. And look, at she's finishing marathon. What are the rest of you doing? 
I laughed. Do you know why? I said she was there. I said, they are running after money. <laughs> I said, why wouldn't you be running? <laughs> I said, if you, have already, you have already caught money. Madam, you can be running after nothing. As for the rest of the people? No. I said, you're not going to do anything. <laughs> it became a joke. Of course, she was there. I said, I said run 50. How many kilometers? You're not serious. If I make, like I told somebody, I said, if you meet to, if you dash me two billion, I will climb Kilimanjaro. <laughs> it's not only run, I will run. Just dash me five billion. You see, on Mount Everest next week. <laughs> Some of these dietly things, eh? Stop having problems of people that are rich and have eaten and they are full. They will tell you, don't eat anything cooked before twelve o'clock. How will you eat up? <laughs> Can I just know, how do you intend? Do you get what I'm going to say? One day, one lady came to give us, she's a nurse, she came to give us a lecture as a medical student on uh, nutrition in pregnancy. When she level of us said that, it's not your fault. Your husband is rich. That which patient are we going to tell this since you have said? He was even using big English to tell how women are supposed to eat in pregnancy. I said, which African women? African women will eat this thing you are saying. No, no, no. It's not your fault. You're a very senior nurse in the hospital. We know your husband. He's a very rich and successful man, so you can be having ideas. In the morning, morning, put a few grapes in the saucer. Yes, now. (laughs) Grape will come. (laughs) Please, can I beg you? Let me tell you the balanced diet of God. Hmm? Anything you see in the morning, give thanks, eat it. Anything God brings in the afternoon, give thanks, eat it. When he brings food at night, give thanks, do what? Eat it. That is a balanced diet. What I just dislike is when Africans tell me they don't eat sugar. And I'm looking like, have you ever seen sugar? Tell yourself the truth. Is it these two cubes they gave you with tea you are calling sugar? It's not your fault, though. You'll be, you be behaving as if you're a rich American. You seem to have forgotten. I need to remind you. Stop solving problems you don't have. Here's how you can say that. You don't know. That's, you know. Sugar causes diabetes. Must you disgrace yourself like this? So you don't even know what causes diabetes. You're not blaming sugar. In case you do not know, sugar does not cause diabetes. What causes diabetes is as far from sugar eh? as the east is from the west. A lot of people don't even know. Anytime I say that, are you serious? The only person that thinks sugar causes diabetes apart from you is, uh, what is his name? Osaheba. <laughs> and if you see a doctor that tells you cause diabetes, you just know this guy is fake. That's how you catch them. Just go to a clinic. Whatever that is, read doctor is there. Please, oh, um, true or false? Sugar causes diabetes. <laughs> if he says true, just go and call police for him. Say fake doctor. I'm going to talk about health by the spirit because health is your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. That's what I wanted to teach today, oh. eh? But the Holy Spirit just stayed that one on my mind that Christians should know that they have help. Don't panic with things that everybody panic concerning. Don't. But rise to your feet and declare my help comes from the Lord. Open to the book of Psalms 121. Let's read that one together. 
you know, sometimes I, I try to rope myself in by starting the issue of health now. Next time, hoping that to be the plan of God, we'll just we'll continue in that. What I want to talk about is how to activate, you know, the flow of the Spirit. Because it comes from two angles. From Christ, you have drunk of the Spirit. So it's coming from inside you. Amen? Amen. Then there is a grace that comes upon you, which helps activate the life that's inside your spirit. Two of them jam, eh? And life flows all over you. Listen, there's no disease that's incurable. Did you hear what I said? There's none. There's none. There's absolutely none. There's none. And indeed, Jesus has cured all of them for you. Through knowledge, we are going to activate the cure that we have in Christ Jesus. Again, old age is not a disease. What did I say? It's not a disease. Stop, stop giving. So God has now helped you now. You are now 60 years old. You must be sick. As a way of telling God, thank you. You should have seen the way Chisholm's father was da- dancing on his 70th birthday. My wife was so impressed. Me too. Some of you are only 52. You want to show us the waste problem you have. And you are proud of it. That's my problem. Is it pride? He said, this children, please, please. I'm, no, I'm not your mate. You should be ashamed of yourself. I'm not saying, to, I mean, anybody can have problems. You get my point. But say, uh, children, the Lord is healing me. Amen. Don't make it look like they are healthy because God blessed them but forgot you. You're not too old to, to be straight. Stop giving excuses for Satan. That's what I'm saying. If your back is paining, you pay, pray over it. Stop explaining. Say, you know, I'm now old. So back, you have a right to pain. But I'll pray for grace to manage it. No. Put your hand on the back and say, I don't know what is worrying you. Blessed, you don't forget who gets you. Are you getting my point? The person who owns his back is a redeemed child of God. Now, let me say something about faith and the power of God. It doesn't require, I can't, no, 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 no. Say it the way I've said it. And don't, see, don't ever stop saying it. You know what happens there? You fill the place with light. The demon of age-related generation will just say it's not necessary. Let's leave this guy and go to somewhere where we are more welcome. No, do you get my point? If every day you, okay, maybe you are living in my house, you are living with me now. Every day you come, I spray your room and your bed with water. If you don't have anywhere else to go, what do you do? You manage. If I continue doing that for like two weeks, one month, even if I don't do it every day, after a while, you start looking for an alternative. And the day you find, what do you do? You move. That's a, that, let's do demons like that. Even if they have not packed and gone, let's make the place uncomfortable. That's what I'm saying. Just when the demon comes at night, when he wants to start painting you, put your back there and paint him back. Or put your hand there and paint him back. So you self took my infirmity and my disease. Oh. By strength, be healed. Worry is not a disease. Oh. It's not. Oh. I reject all this pain. Oh. I reject all this trouble. Oh. I reject it in Jesus' name. To go away. Ah, I, I told you that thing, that woman I saw the other day. I saw it in the video. Beautiful. She's a, she's a bus driver, a downfall driver in Lagos. He said, how do you handle, he said, do you have troublesome um, passengers? He said, yes, so how do you handle them? He said, I just manage them, and they will soon read their bus stop. When they read their bus stop, they will come down and go away with their trouble. I, I say every problem has a bus stop. Yes. Now your problem will soon hit his bus stop. Yes. It will come down and go away with his trouble. Yes. Don't use any excuse to make demons comfortable in your life. I hope you're getting my point. See, let me give you an example. If your if your wife is very troublesome, hmm? 
I'm not talking to single boys. I'm talking about married men. All right? If your wife is troublesome, there are two ways to handle it. You can lie down in your bed and be plotting what you will do. When I finish eh, with her, she will know who's more troublesome in this house. Then what will I do now? I'm going to call her father and tell him to warn her. Oh, God. Just lie down there. You know what you are doing? You and evil spirits are communing. It's called communion. Demons are talking to you. You are answering back. Baba, you did hear so. That's it. When you lie down like thinking such things, it's demons. Now, did I say, remember the first time I said, if you have what? So the woman, I'm not saying it's not troublesome, okay? All right? Know what you should do? Lie down there and trouble the demons back. You're angry, but don't let the anger take hold of your tongue. Just do what I'm about to do now. Just squeeze your face. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. And he gave himself for her. That he might wash her with the washing of water by the word. <laughs> In this house, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Don't worry, when I say her father, love your wife as Christ loved the church. You know what they are doing? You are reducing the demons to, from talking. You are making the place uncomfortable. I hope you are getting my point. Trust me, it works. No, I'm telling you the truth. It works. Just say that enough times. After a while, all the you are doing, it will leave your mouth. Because the light shines where? In the darkness. And the darkness cannot overcome it. Do you follow my point? Please stop making life comfortable for evil spirits around you. Make them get angry with your house. You have neighbors that don't know the Lord. They should go there. I'm not saying the neighbor you don't like. Oh. <laughs> I just mean somebody around who likes bad things. Send them there. They're more comfortable. They'll get a bed, clean, garnished, AC working, and they'll sleep well. But your house, they must not enjoy it. They can cause trouble, but they must not enjoy that house. They'll flood the place with light until they are the ones that will get frustrated. You don't know how. I forgot who was Mohammed Ali boxing one day. I forgot who it was. He and Ali don't fight. You know this kind of fight? That guy could fight. He and Ali, they had fought and fought and fought. Then they ran. I forgot how many rounds now. They rang the bell to start. The guy refused to come out. Yeah, he just told the referee that he's tired. He just told his ring that he's tired. He's not, not boxing again. So when he did come out, technical knockout. So he left. You know what Ali said? He was as tired as that guy. He felt he was going to die. But he just said, let him just stay there. The other guy just gave up before him. That's the only reason that guy won. He was in as much distress as the other man. What am I going to say? The demon in your life is not coming out the next round. Amen. Yeah, it's not coming out. It's not coming out. Amen. Because by the Spirit of God, you are staying. Amen. And you are making his life uncomfortable. Amen. Let's read that Psalm 27. Are you there? Now, let's read that together from verse um, 2. We're going to read from verse 2 and read all the way to verse 8. Remember, we have an advantage, amen? What did I say? Say, I. Yeah, you got it right. Do it again. I have an advantage. Say, the Spirit of God is with me. The help of God is with me. Now, read from verse 2 loud. My help comes from the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. He will not allow my foot to slip. Please, can I just, let's start again. What you are going to do, all right? 
is to personalize it. I hope you're getting my point. When you get to verse 5, you say, the Lord is my. I hope you're getting my point. He will protect me. You do it like that. That's how I will do it in my home. All right? From verse 2, let's go again. My help comes to the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow my foot to sleep. He who keeps me will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is my shade on my right hand. The sun will not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect me from all evil. He will keep my soul. The Lord will guard my going out and my coming in from this time forth and forever. There's something what we do in my home. When we finish like this, everybody, you have two minutes to meditate on that. Today you have one minute, please. Because I want us to close on time. Meditate on it, you know. You read it to yourself. Yeah. Just pace up and down where you are and read it out to yourself. Just like you have read it loud. Read it. My, my help comes from the Lord. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The creator God is my help. The creator God, the maker of all things is my help. My help comes from him. He will not allow my foot to sleep. No matter how slippery the ground is, he will not allow my foot to sleep. He who keeps me will not slumber. He doesn't get tired. Never gets tired of keeping. He's one that keeps his people. Peace upon the Israel of God. He neither slumbers nor sleeps. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is my keeper. The fence around my house is not my keeper. The Lord is my keeper. The security agencies of the country, they are not my keeper. The Lord is my keeper. My own intelligence is not my keeper. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is my shade on my right hand. He protects me from the evil around. The sun will not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. The forces around, they will not afflict me because the Lord will shield me. I will not be exposed to the elements. That's what it means. I will not be homeless. I will not be without help. Never. I will not be exposed to the evil desires of enemies and the devil. The sun will not smite me by day. Persecution will not kill me. It won't happen. Because the Lord is my helper. He said, the Lord will protect me from all evil. He will watch over my soul. The Lord will guard my going out and my coming in, no matter how the times may be dangerous. No matter how much danger may be outside. The Lord will protect me in my going out and my coming in from this time forth and forever. Oh, Lord, I thank you. I believe these words, Lord. I imbibe them. I drink them. Jesus, out of your belly, I drink that river of living water flowing out of you in these words. I give you praise. I give you thanks, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Quickly, can you open also to Psalm 27? We're going to read six verses there, and then we'll close there. Psalm 27. If you are there, say, Amen. Amen. If you are not there, say, Please wait for me. All right, we're all there. One, two, let's go. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. Verse 4. One thing I have asked from the Lord, that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord 
all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. And now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Thank you for being our help. We give you all the praise. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed.